Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, happy Monday. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. I am, as always, Jay Foster. Uh, today I have a special crossover episode for you. Uh, I sat down this weekend with Harrison Lee of Locked On Jets and we decided to break down how sad we are about the Dubois Line trade, how excited we are about the Dubois Line trade, and how we f- how we think both players will do in their new homes. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on, all one word. You'll get 20% off your next order. So it's been about a it's been about a week since the trade, maybe a little longer. Um I don't feel like I need to say which trade. I feel like everybody knows what the trade is. Uh so how how are you feeling after kind of having time to sit with it? I think personally, I was prepared for the line A trade for a while. I don't know if the, the PLD thing was something that's been building for a few seasons, but um, at least in Winnipeg, like the line A trade, it was coming. And I think the biggest question was just when, you know, not if, but when. Unfortunately, both parties seemed like they had more or less reached a, a point where they couldn't really return. And I think last year, towards the end of the season, line A was getting like second line time. So um, I was prepared for it. I'm, I'm, sad in a lot of ways but you know it's one of those situations where we kind of expected it so I had plenty of time to get myself prepared for it Uh, but the PLD thing I didn't know how much precedent there was for that I know the situation had kind of like soured recently but was it something that's been going on for a while um I mean obviously you can never kind of tell what what's going on behind closed doors but it felt like it just kind of happened I think in the space of three weeks, we went from everything is fine to Dubois has been traded. Um, so I was talking to um, Jeff Svoda, who's one of the like reporters who works for the Jackets about it. And he was saying, you know, this was back in November. And I was like, you know, is should we be worried that he hasn't signed yet? And he was like, no, everything is fine. So as of November, it seemed you know, like everything was, everything was okay. And then it just very suddenly seems to have been, actually, I've been unhappy here for a long time um, and I want to leave. So it kind of came out of nowhere, but I feel like the team wasn't surprised as much as the, as much as the fan base was. Yeah. Usually I would think the locker room would have a a pretty decent insight and I'm sure management was keeping an eye on things, but it's kind of crazy that, you know, when it comes to Winnipeg, a lot of times stuff like players being unhappy. And I know that the team tries to keep those things quiet, but they generally can't just because Winnipeg's a very small city and people talk about stuff a lot. With Columbus, I hadn't really heard too much about Dubois being like super upset. I know that the contract negotiations had kind of hit a couple of snags, but that stuff, that seems normal. And then all of a sudden he's just like, yeah, I want out. So I didn't really know how much precedent there was, but it sounds like it kind of came at least to the fan base, a bit of a shock, which I think the line, a thing, we all sort of expected that. Um, I think for the line, I think we just knew it was coming, but 
you know, as far as Dubois is concerned, how do they feel about that? Is, is the fan base okay with it? Or are they upset or are they just more excited about lining now? Um, I think it's probably a little bit of everything. Like for me personally, um, and like, I'm sure that you kind of feel the same way about Lion A is that like, there's a kind of emotionally it hurts because I really like Dubois as a player. I thought, you know, he was going to be our like franchise center for the next 10 years. And then suddenly it turns out actually he doesn't want to be here. And then three weeks later he's gone. Um, so like, I think there's a lot of that of like feeling not hurt, but like almost betrayed a little bit, um, which is probably a little bit different with Lionx. Obviously, you suspected that he was going to be out, he was heading out of town for a while now. Um, but I think it's a combination of that and like not really being sure what to expect from Line A, um, which is which is weird because he's. What he had like forty goals, not last season, but the season before, right? So, I think now that we've had time to kind of settle, settle down, and look at like, okay, if Dubois didn't want to be here, like that's, it sucks, but like that's his right as a person. You know, he's not, he's not like just an asset for this team. He is a person. He's allowed to kind of say, oh, I don't want to be here. I want to go somewhere else. Um, so I think now that we've kind of gotten over that, it's a case of, okay, well, he didn't want to be here that, you know, let's, let's move on. Let's close the door on Dubois. And, uh, I haven't seen anyone kind of really talking about being disappointed in the, in the return. Um, obviously line A is a really, really good player. And I think people for the most part are kind of excited to see what he can bring. Um, if he can make us score power play goals, then, you know, I'm prepared to keep him forever. Like, put his jersey in the rafters as far as I'm concerned, so. Yeah, that is, the, that is something that he'll, he'll bring, and of course we'll talk in a little bit about, you know, what each player might bring, but it's kind of funny that you were saying Dubois, you know, the feeling was of betrayal, because with Line 8, I expected that that would have been, at least for a portion of the fan base, the response, you know, Line wants to walk away from the Jets. Ah, oh, let him go. Fire him into the sun. That tends to be how Winnipeg is with its players. Interestingly, though, this is the first time where, at least by social media, you know, the fan base was upset with the team. This usually doesn't happen because for some reason, like Winnipeg just seems to be immune to criticism. But this year and like the past maybe season or two, I think people are starting to kind of turn on the team. And the fact that, again, we're still seeing lackluster play we've seen a number of star players depart you know the Truba thing <clears throat> probably I don't really count in the same category just because I think Truba had like family circumstances that made him want to go home which is totally fine um, but like Bufflin departing on not great terms Enstrom departing on not great terms both of those two defenders were very key for this team and like Enstrom was a guy who was at least by my reckoning a bit of a club legend um and for him to get benched, you know, during the Western Conference Finals when, you know, the team desperately needed him against Vegas in, like, his last career Jets game really made him angry. And I feel like Line's situation is probably a little more complicated. It sounds like he had a disagreement with the team leadership, um, but not, not Maurice or anything, more so with, like, the locker room. Apparently, 
he and Wheeler had some kind of a disagreement because Wheeler flat out said, I apologized, or, you know, I said, I didn't really handle my relationship well with him. So I would imagine that there was at least some sort of a struggle there, but it's interesting. Like the fan base didn't really turn on them. Like I expected, they all felt very upset, uh, which is kind of a surprise. Usually when somebody wants out, Winnipeg's like, yeah, we'll help you pack your bags. That's, that's generally the reaction with this team and the fan base. Yeah, we seem to have kind of done it the opposite way in terms of it was upset and then it was, well, actually, if he doesn't want to be here enough that like, I feel like that, you know, the famous shift, which I feel like we're going to see footage of for the next however many months. I think that shift was was the point at which kind of a lot of Columbus fans were like, right, okay, well, if he doesn't want to be here that badly, then bye. Like, we don't need someone on the team like that. Uh, and that was kind of the feeling I got from a lot of the, like the media after that game and during the next game. Um, Cause I know they asked Oliver Bjorkstrand, do you think, um, do you think Dubar is a good teammate? And he was just like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to answer that. Uh, which I feel like speaks, speaks volumes. Um, and then the next game they asked Nick Foligno, like, have you had a chance to think about the trade, talk about the trade? And he was like, nope, didn't even, didn't even talk about it. We'll deal with it after the game. So it does feel a little bit kind of like Dubois burnt as many bridges as he could on the way out of town. Yeah, that's a situation that, you know, we'll never quite know what exactly happened, but it's clear that the relationship probably soured long before this point and something just went very terribly wrong <laughs> during the whole situation. Yeah. And it kind of seems like it, it really kicked into high gear on that, that contract extension time. Yeah. I don't know. I've like, I've been trying to, I've reached out to a couple of people to like try and figure out if I can get any kind of like semblance of what happened. And I genuinely don't know that we will ever know. I've heard some things from people that are kind of close to the team. I've heard things from reporters. I've heard, obviously, you know, there's the the Reddit theories, which I'm not really going to put much stock in, I don't think. But it feels like everyone's got a different story. And so I don't know that it could be a little bit of everything. It could be none of them. It could be, you know, a lot. It could be a lot of things. Um, it could be Dubois might have just wanted to be close to his family or you know things like that so it is it is one of those things that I think we aren't ever going to really know what it is um unlike the line a the line a thing which I feel like has been pretty not public but it feels like a lot of um a lot of the stories coming out are the same if that makes sense yeah, when it comes to pretty straightforward reasons as to why somebody wants to leave a team, line is not exactly that hard to figure out. So um, at least from that perspective, I think most people understood and were kind of like, okay, yeah, that, that's fair. You know, he wants a, a chance to spread his wings. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't think that people really hold it against him, which is funny. I sort of expected the opposite, but I don't know. Jets fans, I just think, uh, ignoring my Twitter mentions from last night, people are like, Oh, you want you want the the coaching staff to move on? You know, it's just one game. It's like no, it's been like like six years of disappointment. You know, at some point you got to get some results, and that's kind of the same with how they handled Lina. You know, it's like this is your star generational goal scorer, 
and some for some reason he wants out after four years. There's something not great about that, especially when you're a team that claims to want to draft and develop, which they still do that. I mean, they've got plenty of depth players who have filled those roles, but it's a little disconcerting. And now, you know, our top defensive prospect, Vili Heinola, who might actually be good enough to play on like the first or second pairing right now, is sitting on the taxi squad. So just a lot of weird situations with this team. And I feel like line A is just kind of one of those. I, w- I wouldn't say it's the only issue, but it's like a sort of a, a consequence of this team not really being in the place where it should be. And certainly not uh, from, from a relationships perspective um, at the exact point it needs to be. And I think, ho- you know, hopefully this serves as a lesson to the team and to the locker room as to you know how you deal with younger prospects and kids who are, but line A, I will admit that I've heard he's a little bit headstrong. Um, and kind of thinking on that note in just a moment, I thought we should talk about, you know, for each team, what does player X bring to their new squad? Because I've heard some things about PLD, but some of the stuff about Line may surprise Jackets fans. Can't wait for just a minute. I've got more of my conversation with Harrison about Dubois and Line. But first, I've got to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the only sports betting place that has you covered, and it's the only place that we trust. So if you want to put some money on whether the NHL will actually end up finishing their season, or if you want to bet that Tom Brady is going to get a million touchdowns in the Super Bowl next weekend, then BetOnline is the place for you. If you sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag, use promo code LOCKEDON, you get a 50% welcome bonus. That means if you put $100 in, they will give you $50. If you put $200 in, they will give you $100. Literally free money. So don't sit on the bench anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON. You will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Just to kind of finish off the that thought about kind of coaching and keeping your young players, it does feel a little bit like both teams have kind of got a chance to do a do-over almost. Like they like obviously line A and the relationship with the Jets was not ever gonna be kind of completely fixed, regardless of I think whether he's whether he did end up signing as a, as again as an RFA or whatever. Uh, and again, I think Dubois was never going to never going to finish the season as a blue jacket, I think, regardless of whatever came to a head in that game. Um, and so I do think both teams are kind of get a chance to get a new kind of franchise forward young player is really only just like, especially in Dubois case, like, again, we'll get into this in a minute, but he's really only kind of hit, starting to hit his stride in this league. And so hopefully, you know, both Winnipeg and Columbus will kind of be like, okay, well, we did things wrong the first time. Let's do them right this time. And, you know, I mean, I personally hope that Line A will be a Blue Jacket for a long time. And I hope that Pierre-Louis Dubois is a, is a Jet for a long time. I'd be very interested to see how Line A reacts to Columbus. You know, his, his personality um, and the way that he thinks about things He's not exactly afraid to tell people how he feels. And so it'll be very interesting to see how he navigates you know, a manager and a coach who are in many ways 
they, they definitely have their lines in the sand with Marie. Sometimes, you know, Paul will say one thing, but sometimes he sort of backed down a little bit, a little bit when it came to like Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley, but you know, Tortorella and, and Kekalainen don't really seem like they waste a whole lot of time. So I'm very curious to see what happens there and how Lina gets on with that team. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be fun to see Line um, and Tortorella, especially. Um, I talked about this a little bit on the national show with Sarah last week um, about how there was an article a couple of years ago where they talked about kind of how has Tortorella mellowed with old age or anything. And they asked a couple of the older guys like uh, Dubinsky, Atkinson, and they were like, well, what Torts wants is he wants someone who cares. Like he wants someone with passion. He wants someone who's going to kind of stand up to him, I think. And I think um, if, if, you know, what people are kind of saying about line A is accurate, I think he is going to kind of, if Torts yells at him, he's not going to kind of shrink away. I think he's going to, you know, if Torts is like, you need to be better, he's going to go out and be like, right, okay, well, I'll show him better. Yeah, I think Patrick, uh, He's done a little bit of that uh, over the past couple of years and definitely, you know, his last, his last game for the Jets, I think was a nice preview of how he truly could be uh, and certainly what Columbus may be getting in their next package with him. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's really fun to kind of think about how exactly he is going to fit into um into the lineup and obviously you know we want we've been looking for a a scoring winger for a couple of seasons now ever since Panarin left town and obviously that's what line a is going to bring to this team like at the very kind of base base level you know we've brought him into town because he is that kind of pure goal scorer that we haven't had for a long time but like what else do you think he's kind of kind of bring to the team that Blue Jackets fans might not expect from a player like line a I think when Line was drafted, a lot of people assumed that he was a very one-dimensional player. And early on in his career, you could argue that was true. The sort of player that he was in, in Liga was like a totally different score. Somebody who had elements of being like a power forward, um, a really great puck distributor, very skilled uh, you know, distributor. He's got great vision. He has very high hockey IQ. And I think a lot of that stems from having excellent spatial awareness he understands where his line mates are at all times and he knows how to utilize them. That's kind of one thing that I think guys like Kyle Connor at, at times in previous seasons really struggled with. When line A came to the Jets, immediately it was apparent, at least to, to a few of us, that it wasn't just goal scoring that he brought, but all of the skill sets that he was that he had in overseas play didn't really reflect themselves in the NHL. The past year or two, something started to shift with him. Um, I think there was a season recently where he basically cratered out with a line of like uh, Jack Roslevic and Brian Little. Uh, And oftentimes people were like, oh, you know, it's got to be Line A who's the weak link. And it's like, well, actually, it's how he's being used. Um, And I remember like being one of the only people to bang on the drum that Line A was actually doing so much of the transition work, zone entries, and distribution to his line mates because those guys were kind of passive. But Line A has like tried to refine his game to become a multi-dimensional two-way power forward with an elite release. And I think his first game this season is evidence that he's starting to do that. He's got 
amazing hands. Like he can thread a needle for a pass that most players on this team wouldn't even attempt. Um, and of course, he's got amazing deception in his release. It's a very powerful and fast release. Uh, so, I mean, he just has so many different aspects of his game. Uh, you know, of, of course, a common criticism is like, well, his defense kind of sucks. And that is true. Uh, but it's not for lack of effort. He's actually been trying to track back, man mark a lot more aggressively, use his big physical frame. Uh, one thing that he used to have trouble with was sealing uh, players along the walls and blocking out, you know, wall, wall transitions where people would try to, you know, ring the puck around the edge. He's been getting better about trying to seal those off. Sometimes he still handles the puck a little bit like a hand grenade, but he's gotten a lot better about that. I think, though, that in terms of just being a power play guy, he's so much more than that. And I think the Jackets are going to love him. Like a related note, you know, where do you think he slots in for you? I mean, obviously, I, it's interesting to hear you talk about how he is kind of a developing into a two-way player because I think that's going to fit into the Jackets' systems pretty well. Um, and I, I actually wonder how much of that will improve with the Blue Jackets. Like, I'm not going to lie, I don't know a ton about the Jets. I haven't paid a lot of attention to them just because they're in the West, the Western Conference most of the time. Um, and I don't get to watch a lot of the later games, but I don't know how their defense kind of stacks up against Columbus. And I wonder if putting him in a more defensive system will, will help out. Um, I do know that we are likely to be putting him on a line with, um, I assume, Alexander Texier, who is, uh, has been a centre for like eight games for us and has been phenomenal, I thought. Uh, and Oliver Bjorkstrand, who has been far and away our best forward and is also one of the like most underrated defensive forwards in the game. So I'll be interested to see kind of how that stacks up against... Uh, line A's kind of shaky defensive uh, skills, I guess is probably the the best way to put it. Yeah, I think I, I would say it used to be really shaky. <clears throat> now he's kind of like his on-ice impacts are, are more or less getting close to break even, which I think is like the ideal for somebody of his type who's known as like a really elite sniper. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Bjorkstrand, who I think, again, like you said, has been underrated for a long time. So I think if you give him a really skilled, fast pivot, which it sounds like Tessier might actually starting to to develop into that, uh, you know, it might be a nice fit and to have Bjorkstrand there as like a safety valve, but also somebody who's a very good complementary winger. I think that that could work out very well. I like a lot of what Line A does. I think he's just needed players who can kind of think and see the ice the way that he does, which when he wanted to play with Shifley, that combo did not work. Uh, Shifley's kind of fallen off a little bit of a cliff in terms of his two-way play. He's still very good at scoring goals. It's just a lot of the rest of his game is kind of, I don't know. There's some weird stuff with the Jets. Uh, and I will say that like Winnipeg's style was technically defensive. In fact, it was very, very negative and like drop deep and then try and spring counters because Maurice felt like the defense couldn't be trusted to handle things on its own. And so he had like all the forwards come back and sit deep and wait to try and get a counter from like a strip possession. But of course, Winnipeg's defense is so bad that oftentimes it just meant we got pinned in our own end. So hopefully Line A will get a little bit more space to breathe. Yeah, I think you, you can, yeah, I mean, you can have the best player in the world, but if you haven't got anyone for him to play with, I think, or like if you haven't got the right person for him to play with, I think you are going to, uh, you are going to struggle. Um, and I think that's partially kind of 
one of the issues that Dubois had um, with Columbus was the fact that we didn't really, up until recently, have um, like committed lines. So he played most of his first season was uh, Atkinson and Panarin, I believe, as his wingers. And then the next season was Panarin and Anderson. And then last season was basically anyone because everyone was broken. So I think consist if you can get a consistent pair of wingers for Dubois, I think he will only kind of continue to continue to grow coming up in just a minute i've got the end of my conversation with harrison but first i've got to tell you about built bar built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever uh it comes in 18 incredible flavors we've got cherry barcia we've got lemon almond cheesecake we've got raspberry we've got peanut butter we've got coconut and all 18 of them are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber they're great for keto they are soft and easy to chew and uh, best of all, they're covered in 100% chocolate. So if you are like me and you just want something healthy to put in your face instead of having to have a, an endless string of salads to feel better about yourself, Built Bar is for you. If you're trying to maintain weight while working out at the gym, Built Bar is for you. Uh, I really can't state enough just how good these bars are. Um, they literally just taste like candy bars. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, and best of all, if you go to builtbar.com, you can use promo code locked on or one word, and you will get 20% off your next order. Once again, that is promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Don't miss another big hockey story. Start your week off with Locked On NHL. Every Monday, Locked On Kings host Sarah Avampato interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey. Get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives on the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get podcasts. I assume that Wheeler and Shifley will continue to be stapled to each other's hips, but apart from that, I'd like who do you think... Who do you think Dubois could could slot in next to? Yeah, this is kind of a, a confusing one because there's been a couple of different um, suggestions from management, none of which I'm super thrilled about. Uh, they want to convert Stastny to a winger, and I'm like, well, Paul's not really fast enough for that anymore. I think he'll be fine, but Stastny's definitely at the age where, as a centerman, he can be a little bit less mobile than he used to be, and I think that that works out fine for having, like, uh, Ailers and cop on your wings. I'd imagine though that Maurice will probably put Dubois on that second line center role, flex Stastny out wide because you know Adam Adam Lowry and Andrew Cop play together a lot in previous years, so he probably feels comfortable just going back to that. Um, he will have Ailers on his right wing, I would imagine. Uh, what I am kind of interested to know is like I've seen some highlight clips of his game uh, in terms of being you know a really good, almost like net driving center with very soft hands and tight spaces. What else does Dubois bring? Because I think that that's probably, at least for us, one of the bigger unknowns with him. We've seen some like goal scoring footage and things like that, but you know, shift in and shift out. What kind of playmaker or creator is he? Yeah, I always I always consider Dubois to be kind of like a, a Nate McKinnon type player. Like uh, every time I watch the Avs and, you, and I could just see him like barreling down down the wing, I'm just like, oh, okay, well, that's going in the net. And Dubois has kind of that same 
that same kind of um, tendency of just like, he just skates like he's got all the confidence in the world in his own play, um, which is not like, not something to be to be sneezed at if you are kind of a, an offensively starved team like Columbus is. Um, but I think the the thing that most people don't really kind of see with Dubois is kind of, again, that two-way play. I think people have an issue with the fact that, okay, well, if he's a number one center, why isn't he putting up more points? But like he had 50 points as a 19-year-old in the league. He had 50 points as a 20-year-old in the league. Like he's had... He's had two 30 assist seasons and then he had, I think he was on pace for another one last season, obviously before everything shut down. Um, And so it's really kind of his transition game that stands out for me anyway. I think he's a lot stronger defensively than a lot of people kind of see him as. And I think it's because he is the type of player that is not, um, he's not super flashy, I don't think he is very much a player that makes other players better. Um, He puts up his own points, but for me, it's always like, I see like the secondary assists or I see kind of him coming down low and supporting the D and it's just like the little things that don't necessarily show up on, on the score sheet that I think is what makes him a really good player and a really good center. Um, He's going to, not necessarily increase his own production. I don't think, I think he'll probably kind of stay at that same point rate. I think whoever he gets paired with will probably increase in scoring. So uh, if it, if it does end up being um, Ehlers, I think you'll probably see a big jump in Ehlers performance, but not necessarily. um, I don't think there'll be anything particularly noticeable about Dubois improvement if that makes sense yeah it's funny like i i feel like by virtue of being on the jets power play might be where we see dubois maybe get a few more looks because it seems like his power play scoring wasn't really uh, particularly prolific um and in terms of like being an even strength scorer it's funny dubois his like even strength points production has been a lot better than line a's um although i think that's just kind of like Line's game before it evolved. So I expect that to start to shift. But then you look at their power play splits, and of course Dubois doesn't really do a whole lot on the power play while Line is basically half of Winnipeg's power play. So it's interesting to see that. I kind of expect Dubois to be in some ways better than Shifley, which is a little bit crazy to say because Mark for many years was very, very good for the Jets, and he still is. Uh, but there was like a point at which he peaked in his total you know, impact on the ice in both ends of the, uh, of the rink. And that was like maybe 16, 17, right before they did that Stanley cup run. And now it's just kind of like, well, Shifley sometimes when he feels like it will backtrack, but usually he just kind of stands around and waits for the puck to come to him inside the offensive zone. So I'm very curious to see how Dubois handles this team. Maurice is somebody who often favors like defensive responsibility. Um, and he'll, he'll let you know that too. In, in your deployments and whatnot, like Ehlers for some reason still gets less than like 18 minutes a night, which is crazy to me. I don't understand how that happens, but yeah, I don't know. The, the coaching staff's a little strange for this team. So I'm very excited for Dubois. That's all I know is I'm, I'm very eager to see what he can do. And I hope that he can be a difference maker for the Jets. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, definitely. He is 
Jets fans are going to be, if he plays like I know he can play, um, which might not happen this season, uh, you know, new team, new systems, new teammates, etc. But I think in the long run, Dubois can only can only improve um, the Jets team. And I wouldn't be surprised to see his power play numbers go up um, because I've talked about this kind of at length on, on my own show. The Blue Jackets power play is haunted by ghosts. Um, I don't know what it is. We just, we can't, it doesn't matter who we, who we put on it. It doesn't matter what system we use. We just cannot seem to score goals. Um, we did score one last game and the game before, but I think that was the first time we've scored back-to-back power play goals in two games since like 2019. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Dubois gets a lot more power play uh, points playing on a non-haunted power play. Yeah, I always forget that the Jackets power play is a little bit of a meme. There's a couple of those uh, this, those teams out there. Winnipeg's uh, power play was a meme for reasons where like you just could not stop them, and then power or, or Columbus's power play was, yeah, just not great. But uh, I think Line should be able to feast there just because his presence alone creates space for so many other forwards to do things. Um, and and hopefully this time they actually give him a defender who can pass from the point at faster than the speed of snail. <laughs> when they had a uh, Neil Pionk on the point, that puck just never got to him in a timely manner. Yeah. I think putting him with, uh, I'd like to see him on the power play with uh, Bjorkstrand and Zach Wierenski because Zach Wierenski is a phenomenal passer. And I think if he can get Line A the puck and just kind of the Ovechkin um, theory of if he can just get Line A the puck, then everything seems to, everything will be, everything will be just fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we like to see, right? <laughs> the Veskin's office. If, you know, my listeners want to kind of keep up with Dubois, maybe take a little bit of a, of a deeper look inside the Jets, uh, where can they find you and your show? Uh, they can find me uh, on Twitter. Our podcast Twitter is at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. That is for the Locked, Locked on Winnipeg Jets show. And they can also follow my personal Twitter at HLLivingLoco. Uh, be warned, I do do Jets rants frequently just because it is Winnipeg. And of course the Jets always make Jets fans very angsty. That's our, that's our brand. (laughs) And I think that's all the time I have for today. Uh, Tomorrow we will uh, break down last night's game against the Chicago Blackhawks. And we will look ahead to uh, the game against Dallas on Tuesday. Uh, If you want to hear more from me, uh, you can, hear me today on Locked On NHL. Uh, I sat down with Curtis Gabriel to talk about being an ally for LGTB Pride Month that's coming up uh, starting today, actually. So if that's something you're interested in, then go listen to Locked On NHL. Sarah Avampato has everything you need there. If you want to hear more from me about this, my interview with Curtis Gabriel will be on Sports Media LGBT+. Uh, and you can also find it on my Twitter, at jthegoalie. Uh, if you want more Blue Jacket talk, I will be live-tweeting the games, as always, at LO underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And I will see you tomorrow.